athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. You're locked in to the dopest show on radio from the press box to press row here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Donald Ware. I don't know about you, but I've got Georgia on my mind right about now. And so, listen, we're, we're not going to talk a lot of election coverage today. I, I'll, I'll save that for another time. But I'm just telling you, I got Georgia on my mind. Uh, right now and also I know who else has Georgia on its mind Florida Florida has got on its mind also as we're going to take a look at the college football schedule and some of the big games to watch for on tomorrow as a matter of fact let me set the table for you today here on from the press box to press row joining us on the program the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T, Will Jones. Will Jones going to join us on the program. It's interesting when I think about Will Jones. I mean, here was a, a, a gentleman less than a year ago, about 11 months ago or so, that was the assistant on the coaching staff at North Carolina A&T. A&T, uh, the... Uh, head coach was put on administrative leave and it and actually Will Jones assumed officially the the title of acting head coach at North Carolina A&T at that time I think I, it seemed like A&T may have been 2 and 5 or something like that I actually had a chance to to do some play by play for A&T uh, basketball uh, last season and then he becomes the head coach. First game is against like a D3 school or something like that. It was during the Christmas break. So you have some games where you kind of warm up and get ready for MEAC play or conference play. And the Aggies proceeded to go 12-4 and four in conference play, losing the last game of the season in Durham to arch rival North Carolina Central. Okay. Who ultimately, of course, in CCU went on to win the regular season Again, but A&T was really, really hot at that time. You fast forward to May when Will Jones was actually named the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T. He's got some really good players. He's got a kid by the name of Cameron Langley who led all of Division One in terms of assists. This kid is really, really good. As a matter of fact, declared for the NBA draft, ultimately came back. He's got some transfers that are coming in, some 
players that are returning. I'm going to let him tell you about that a little bit later on. Again, Will Jones, the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T, one of our guests today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Also joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row in it, I mean, Brandon Parker, offensive lineman for the Oakland Raiders, a graduate of North Carolina A&T. And listen, I don't want to hear about, uh, it's all about A&T, it's all about A&T. It just so happened to work out that way. And so Brandon Parker of the Raiders going to join us also today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We got a big time college football game Saturday night, prime time, Notre Dame hosting Clemson. Game's going to be on NBC, of course, Notre Dame has its own deal with NBC. It's had it for a number of years. The, a matter of fact, the only score. That's why it's independent. Like, yeah, Notre Dame is playing in the ACC this year football-wise, but that's why Notre Dame is independent. Probably the most, I mean, we talk about the history of college football and the long history of college football. Like, you can't talk about college football without talking about Notre Dame again its own the its own television deal with NBC and of course uh this year in the ACC so perhaps this is going to be a preview of the ACC championship no Trevor Lawrence for the Tigers this week DJ Uagalele I hope I said that correctly I mean got off to the slow start I thought it was going to be a blowout. Like, even without Trevor Lawrence, I mean, you look at Clemson. Clemson's got so many weapons offensively. Not only that, it's got a lot of, I mean, it's got a really good defense. Boston College came to play, and Clemson had to come back to win that football game. It's a close game. And I think, you know, I think what Dabo Sweeney did to say Ugalele Hopefully I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, it's going to be the starting quarterback moving forward against Notre Dame. I think it's a good move. Again, I think when you're looking at the committee, and we talked about this last week, no Trevor. I mean, I you know, I mean, does the committee look at it like, okay, maybe, you know, I, I don't know if Trevor Lawrence would have been able to play anyway, but I think the committee still would look at it if, no, if, if Clemson loses this game, okay, didn't have their best quarter their best player best quarterback my my thing is though you have so many other weapons and what we saw from the quarterback play against Boston College was solid so I don't know how the committee would look at that I mean the bottom line is if you're Clemson like you got to win this football game I mean when you look at Notre Dame I mean Notre Dame is in a position a position that it hasn't been in quite in quite some time to be part of the I mean later in the season and remember the season is short this year to be in the conversation for the college football playoffs so we're going to see how things ultimately shake out big time football game Saturday night NBC 7 30 Eastern don't miss it you know and again Pac-10 also the Pac-10 begins football play this weekend you know one of the interesting games like I watched that Oklahoma State game last week. And listen, Oklahoma State had its opportunity, okay? Blew an opportunity to be part 
of the conversation for the college football playoff. Again, you look at one of these two teams losing at the time, Oklahoma State ranked number six in the in the conf, in the uh, country. Now they become more part of the conversation or would have been had they won the game last week after this uh, this game between Clemson and Notre Dame. Well, guess what? Ultimately, Oklahoma State blows it. I mean, had the prime opportunity to be part of the conversation. Absolutely blew it last week. And really, give Texas a lot of the credit. Like, I think you have to give Texas a lot of the credit. An overtime game. But, I mean, Texas is not nowhere near part of the conversation, at least this year, in terms of the college football playoff. And here, Texas, or here, Oklahoma State at the time, uh, you know, couldn't even get it done. Ranked number six at the time has dropped all the way to number uh, 14. But, I mean, you got some decent matchups this week. I mean, I think, I mean, when you're looking at the schedule, I mean, you look at Florida. At Georgia, I mean, that's going to be a pretty big-time football game. Uh, You know, I mean, you're talking about two teams still in the hunt for the college football playoff as well. Out of the SEC should be a big-time game. Excuse me, that game is actually going to be in Jacksonville. It's that that Florida and Georgia matchup, man. That's going to be a big-time, like, and I'm glad that's a 3.30 game, so, uh, I'm, I'm going to be able to get to see a little bit of that game. Got something, some other things uh, to do. Daughter's got a softball game, as a matter of fact, about an hour and a half away. But I'm going to keep, I'm going to be keeping my eye on that game. Probably be back in time to watch the second half, and definitely back in time. I'm going to be watching that Clemson and Notre Dame game again. Loser of that Florida Georgia game, pretty much out of the running for the college football playoff. Again, as I mentioned. Pac-12 getting it rocking and rolling this weekend. Stanford going to be at number 12, Oregon. You know, another matchup to watch, Michigan at uh, number 13, Indiana. Like Michigan, boy, I tell you, Michigan, man, they just, it, it just, I don't know. Like couldn't beat Michigan State. And I know the Wolverines fans have got to be absolutely going out of their minds right now. Michigan can't even not can't even be but I like you got to win that's like you got to win that football game if you're the Wolverine so you know that's a game you got to kind of keep your eye on because it's a game that has two ranked opponents um so that's it I mean that's that's the only uh a couple of games where they're going to be ranked opponents uh playing college football this weekend so you know, as we continue here on the program, I'm going to set the table for you in terms of our guests momentarily. The National Football League. So let so the National Football League has decided, uh, and rightfully so, I think. Again, I mean, you have these COVID-19 cases. It's still a dangerous situation. But, I mean, when you look at the totality of things, and again, I'm a guy, like, I don't want one person to, to get the coronavirus. I don't want to know. I don't want anybody to know what that feels like. I don't want to know what that feel like. It feels like. That being said, I mean the numbers are relatively low, and so what the NFL has now mandated is that masks be worn by the players pregame, halftime, and postgame. And then, I mean, they're not mandating 
that the masks be worn when you're not in the game, but they're encouraging that masks be worn. So should college football do the same thing? We're going to start to see the MEAC and the SWAC and the rest of the FCS programs. Uh, Hopefully we'll see uh, those programs. I know we talked extensively about, you know, Bethune-Cookman in the cancellation of, uh, of the season of athletics and then Hampton has canceled its athletic season with the exception of basketball, both men's and women's basketball still going uh, to be in play. But should college football adopt the same policy as the National Football League? I mean, I, I mean, definitely. Like, why wouldn't we? Um, you know, to keep the players as safe as you possibly can. Like, you got to do these preventative measures you're not going to be able to keep the players totally safe, but you got to you got to be able you got to you know keep them as safe as possible. And I'm all for college football having a, uh, a mask wearing pregame, halftime, and postgame. Before we go to break, Sean Connery passing away at the age of 91 of the premier actors of our time. Still to come here on from the press box to press row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, Oakland Raiders offensive lineman Brandon Parker going to join us. But up next, we're going to be joined by the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T, Will Jones. This is Michael Vick. Look under center, takes the snap, play action, stands in the end zone, puts out to the goal line, Lawson deep down the right sideline for Jackson, and it's caught! Vick takes the snap, looking to run up the middle, gets to the end zone, dives in, touchdown! And you listen to From the Press Box to Press Row. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Hey, Mommy, what you doing? Just doing some online shopping. Great. While you're at it, can you order an original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky? Of what? An original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky. It's really good, Mommy. Dad let me try some, and I ate the entire bag, and I was hoping you could help me replace it before he notices. Why would you eat all of Dad's beef jerky? Mommy, I couldn't help myself. Marjorie's beef jerky is so good. And Daddy says it's good for you. Well, it sounds like we had better buy two bags to avoid this from happening again. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. Purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online right now at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. Or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. From the Press Box to Press Row and BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. Every day. 
everyone, from the press box to press row and on the line, we're joined by a gentleman who's in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina a As a matter of fact, just had uh, back in the summer, the interim tag removed, had an outstanding year uh, on last year as the Aggies came in second place in the MEAC. Will Jones, again, the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Jones, welcome to the program. Man, happy to be here. I'm excited. Makes me think, man, basketball season is right around the corner. I, I know. Did it seem like – did you think we would get to this point? You know, uh, when it started, you know, man, will we ever get here? But now that we're here, I feel like uh, – I just told the guys that, you know, we, we weren't playing in our second-round game at the MEAC tournament. So time has flown, and I'm, I'm, the guys are excited. I'm excited, and we just want to get back on the court. Yeah, just take us through how things ended uh, at the at the MEAC tournament uh, for you guys. Uh, uh, not not Well, I guess in essence last year, but really just back in March. You know, man, I mean, uh, the Aggies were playing some good basketball. The Aggies were playing some good basketball, um, you know, off a great win in the first round versus Howard. And, you know, I think we were poised to win three in a row. And so, uh, you know, win three in a row and, and, and get the Aggies back to the tournament. But, uh, you know, that story ended, you know, with COVID. And, and now we got to start all over. And I like our chances again. Yeah. What is What have things been like, you know, since COVID in terms of the interaction that you've had with your players prior to actually being able to go back on the court? I guess that started, what, back in September? Man, you know, it started and, you know, it really started in the summer. And uh, we had we had an opportunity to have our guys on campus for the summer for three weeks. But even before July, just, man, you know, a lot of Zoom meetings and trying to keep these guys together, all these guys, all the players this is a real life situation. This COVID was a real shock and it's still a shock to these guys system because, um, you know, this virus and what we're dealing with as a country and as a nation and the world is real. It doesn't have any favorites. The game plan has got a great game plan for us and not allowing us to get in the paint. And so it's hard to get a win against this virus, but you know, we're going to have to come together somehow and figure this thing out so that we can, we can go back to, to living the lives that we like to, man. But, the guys, they, they they've dealt with it. They've been um, they've they stuck together. It's been tough for them, but we just try to encourage them. Well, Jones is the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A and T in his second season. He joins us here on from the press box to press row. Let me take you back to December, the the latter part, as a matter of fact, of December of two thousand nineteen. You were informed, in essence, that you would become the new head men's basketball coach. Maybe a day or so before. Uh, your first game. Take us through that. What was sort of going through your mind uh, when you were notified that uh, you would be, in fact, the leader of this program at least through the rest of uh, night of of nineteen twenty? Man, it's, it's, it was a, really a whirlwind to be honest with you, because um, you know we were we're a team that was poised, I believe, to to really to to really be coming into our own around that December time, going into league play. And, uh, you know, as an assistant coach, you know, you just kind of you're, you're rolling with whatever the head coach tell you to do and, and doing your part. And I think that, um, you know, Coach Joyner was able to, you know, give me some responsibilities so that the transition um, to, to having these guys feel comfortable to go out and play 
would be uh, pretty, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty easy. And I think the guys did a good job with that. Um, our staff, the other assistants did a good job with that. And I think because everybody was on the same synergy, uh, we were able to not really miss a beat and really get better as we went down uh, down the road, you know, playing in the conference. Yeah, and we'll talk more about Cameron Langley. He's an absolutely phenomenal player, led NCAA Division One uh, in assists. I mean, d- did having athletes enable you to be able to do that? Guys like Andre Jackson and Quay Parker and, you know, all, Ronald Jackson, Devin Hagel. I mean, these guys were athletes that maybe allowed you uh, to be able to open up and just go out and play. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always a luxury to have guys that can play above the rim and run and get up and down the floor. Um, and, and I think, we, you know, it's all about your recruiting. I think we recruited some good players. And uh, those guys, like I said, they really latched on to – it's tough to change a style of play in the middle of the year. And um, I think, you know, we were able to systematically do it. We didn't put everything on them in, in one week or not, you know, one, one or two weeks. So – you know, by the time we got into, you know, that second round, man, we were really – I think we had a lot of gas left in the tank going into the MEAC tournament. I don't think we had even reached our potential, our tipping point, you know, and I think we would have been, you know, playing really good at that point. Will Jones, again, is the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T, joins us here on the program as the Aggies prepare uh, for the upcoming season. So, I mean, it, tough – you know, it was in Durham. It's a good basketball game, great atmosphere – Unfortunately, you fall in that game. It was for the MEAC uh, championship. When you reflect on that game, what goes through your mind and then what ultimately uh, most uh, most stood out to you from that game that you could take moving forward into this upcoming season? You know, um, you know the North Carolina trip, you know, North Carolina A&T, North Carolina Central, uh, we're travel partners uh, in, in – those games, winning on those home courts was tough. I mean, you got to be mentally tough to go into North Carolina Central and North Carolina A&T and win a game. Both teams didn't lose a game at home in conference play um, last year. I don't believe, I may be mis- mis- mistaken, but um, I know we, we didn't lose a game here in conference. But, you know, looking back at that game, um, you know, Quay, Quay Parker got hurt uh, at South Carolina State, um, I think two days before Quay was playing big time basketball for us and, and you need toughness and defense to go into a North Carolina Central and come out with a win on their home court. Um Tyler May did an unbelievable job in helping us pick up the scoring load in that game. But I think again that game comes down to toughness and grit. And I think not having Quay out there um in that game, um and having to adjust to him not being there in those couple of days really hurt us. But I think, you know, the culture there at Central is something that they've built. And you got to be strong. You know, sometimes it has nothing to do with talent. It has more so to do with the culture. And you you got to do everything right to go into somebody's home to get that done. But looking back at it, we led the majority of the game. And I think we can point out some mistakes that we could have corrected, some things I could have done better to make sure that we could have kept that league. But, um, you know, it would have been a, a great opportunity to be regular season champions. And, and I think our guys wanted an opportunity to um, play play that third game in the MEAC tournament. But we're excited about this last year in the MEAC and also going into the Big South the following year to compete against um, some of those teams in that league. Yeah, tell us, tell the national audience about – some guy 
I don't know, some guy named Cameron Langley. All he did was lead the lead the Division One in assists last year. When you have an opportunity to uh, coach a guy that's going to be, by the time his career is over, um, you know, he has maybe another year to come back based on the COVID um, eligibility um, ruling. Um, it's unbelievable to watch a kid that's grown from a freshman to now his senior year, his leadership, how he sees the game, um, how he's encouraging and making sure guys are where they're supposed to be. Um, Cameron's one of the best players in the country. I think one magazine named him one of the top 150 college basketball players in the country. And so to to have that honor, to have that kid, that type of kid on your team, that's bringing everybody else up to that level with them is, is, is kind of special, man. And I'm really proud of Cam and happy um, to be, you know, his coach. Yeah, what, do you, what did he learn? I know he declared for the draft, ultimately came back. You know, what, what did he learn from that particular process? You know, um, everybody, you know, this year, a lot of the players who um, had an opportunity to declare for the draft, you know, I, you know, they went through a process in terms of training, most of them, you know, in their, in their hometowns or, you know, in, in their areas that they could, could get into a gym based on the, the, the COVID deal. Uh, but they didn't get a chance to really, really experience uh, that NBA draft, uh, you know, that, that, that combine experience because they couldn't visit those facilities. But um, I think just, you know, ha- having the opportunity to be taken seriously, putting your name in the draft, um, you know, this, this kid Cam led the country in assists. He's one of the best assist guys in the country, regardless of level, BCS, mid-major, low-major, and that's special. Yeah. A couple of last thoughts, uh, Coach Jones, and we appreciate the time. So, I mean, you've got some, you know, Cam comes back, got some players, Fred Cleveland, uh, you know, Parker. I mean, you got some players coming back, but you've lost uh, quite a few players um, as well. So what what does this uh, 2021 edition of the Aggies look like in terms of your style? Does the style stay the same? Does it change a little bit now and again that you're, you know, you've sort of had that interim tag removed and now that you're the guy? Uh, Aggie basketball. We're gonna play fast. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna run. Uh, we're gonna get up and down. We're gonna defend. Uh, that's who we are. And so we're gonna recruit to that base. And this twenty uh, twenty team is going to resemble um, a lot of what we did last year, um, and hopefully uh, make it look a little bit better. And so um, hopefully we can stay healthy. Hopefully we can stay you know stay keep guys on the floor in terms of you know health. And um, and just have some fun out there and play. Um, you know, we got a full roster. Uh, you know, really excited about the development of the guys that's coming back and the new guys. Blake Harris, a transfer that sat out last year for us. Um, you know, that's like having uh, Cam Langley out there um, and his twin. You know, just a little bit taller. Um, another pass first point guard that can score also. Really excited to see what he's going to do. Uh, really excited about a couple of junior college transfers that we have um, in the post that can that can you know give us some um, explosive uh, plays at the rim and shoot the ball from three. And, um, and so we're ready um, to see these guys on the floor. It's just sad that um, you know we just got to go through all these protocols to to do it. And so we'll see what happens in the next twenty days. Yeah, and of course Blake Harris is a is an NC State transfer. Will Jones, again, in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T, joins us here on From the Press Box, the press for to talk a little Aggie 
basketball. Coach Jones, I appreciate the time. Look forward to seeing you uh, and the Aggies this season. Hey, man, I appreciate it, man. Anytime I can hang out with you, man, it's always good. You always got the big-time people on your line, man, so uh, look forward to seeing seeing you too. Hey, well, having you on is another big-timer, man. We appreciate it. All right, now. Thanks. Appreciate it, Coach Jones. Will Jones joining us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Aggies still trying to finalize their schedule for their, well, I should say their non-conference schedule. The conference schedule is finalized. We'll see what kind of games the Aggies are going to play non-conference-wise. I would imagine some regional games. They may do a little bit of traveling. I mean, they may do a little bit of traveling, money games, et cetera, and that's the lifeblood of uh, the mid-major program. So we'll ultimately have to see how things progress. But I'm going to tell you what. I mean, I like what he's building there in Greensboro. Obviously, the defending champs in Durham, North Carolina Central, going to be the team to beat. I think the Eagles lose a lot. But generally, at least the last couple of years, you'll see North Carolina Central get off maybe to a bit of a slower start and then ultimately uh, they'll they'll continue to pace, pace, pace. Then towards the end of the season, the team will peak. Then it will ultimately uh, go on and win uh, MEAC tournament championships as you've seen or as we've seen the last three uh, years, the, the three-time defending MEAC tournament champions. And so this should be an interesting season. As I said a couple of weeks ago, I think you're looking at a Florida A&M uh, uh, team that's going to be improved. Bethune-Cookman, I think, is going to be steady. Howard has to be contended with, certainly, with the makeup of players that it has uh, brought in. So this should be one of the more, Morgan, no doubt. So this should be one of the more competitive seasons that we've seen in the MEAC in recent years. And again, regular season it could it could go either way it could go either way uh but uh and I'm excited like I'm excited I mean I, again I want everybody to be as safe as possible but since we're we are going to play college basketball and things are going to get kicked off on November 25th I mean I'm excited to see what's going to happen ultimately with respect to college basketball and I'm going to talk some swack and talk some swack a little bit later on in the program still to come here on from the press box to press row Oakland Raiders tackle Brandon Parker going to join us on the program he played his collegiate ball at North Carolina A&T we've got more of from the press box to press row here on ESPNU radio on Sirius XM after this Track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Let's continue here on from the press box to press row. We're joined by a young man who is in his third season with the Oakland Raiders. As a matter of fact, had a really good game on Sunday in the victory over the Browns. A former third round draft pick by the Raiders out of North Carolina A&T a multiple-time box-to-row All-American. He is Brandon Parker. Joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Brandon, welcome back to the program. Glad to be back, brother. Thank you all for having me. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't I don't know if we've had you on since 
your A&T days. So uh, glad you were able to come back. So, I mean, let's begin here. So let's, let's not even – football is it's all good. Football is, is, is what it is. It's how you make your living. You had a baby a couple of weeks ago, man. Uh, congratulations, you know, to talk about it a bit. Oh, yeah, man. So, uh, wait, I'm sorry. I missed that last week. You should talk about the baby. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, oh, baby girl. Okay, yeah, man. She's doing great, man. Uh, shoot. She's, like I was telling him, about to be three weeks now, uh, healthy, not sleeping as any baby you would expect. But, <laughs> you know, uh, we're just glad to have her, man. She's such a blessing and it's an indescribable amount of joy, you know, when I, when I, now that she's in our life, man. It's, it's different now. It is. Yeah, no question. I remember when you made the proposition. What was after it was it was it? I couldn't remember, can't remember. It was before after the Central game in 2017. Take us back to that, man. Like that was pretty cool when you proposed. Yeah, so it was before the game. Uh, so it was senior, when they was announcing all the seniors and their families, you know, I had spoke to Coach Broadway prior to about a month and a half or so prior because I knew I was going to propose and knew she was the one. You know, actually, I do it on senior night. I mean, senior day, whatever, Central, and I made sure, you know, I was go last. Not a ticket with a shot from anybody, and got in on me and popped the question, and here we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no question. Did, uh, did you, you, what did Coach Broadway say to you? We had him on the show, matter of fact, our very first show here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM a couple of, about a month ago. What, what did he say to you when you asked him that? Uh, he just was like, uh, you know, first of all, he was excited, you know, like, oh, man, you think she's the one? I said, yes, sir, I do. You know, I know she's the one, and you know, I want to make it right before I, you know, possibly go into the league and, you know, the rest of my life. I know she's the one needs to be by my side. And he said, you know, asked if I had the ring yet. I told him I was going to get it and, you know, got it. And he said, I just started talking to the right people and made it happen. No, that's 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 great. What, what did Coach Broadway, he brought you, you know, recruited you. You're out of Kannapolis, recruited you to come to North Carolina A&T. You know, what what does, did Coach Broadway mean to you? Man, he is. It's really hard to describe just how much of an impact he's had in my life, man. Not even, not only just to take the chance on me, but, you know, to be patient with me through the process of going from a, a wee bit freshman, I mean, maybe 250 wet to, you know, the 300-pound player that got me the recognition and got me where I am today. So, I mean, I just, I'm forever grateful to that man for him and his staff for taking the time to recruit me and invite me to their family, and I tried to make the most of it, and I did. Yeah. Brandon Parker of the Oakland Raiders joins us here on From the Press Box to press row. Uh, describe the season. Maybe, you know, uh, I mean, you had the great game against Cleveland. Not seeing as much playing time as you've seen, you know, your first two years in the league. Uh, yeah, so I just um, really just, you know, need to develop a little bit more and continue to develop as I play. And, you know, you got to give credit to the guys in front of me because, you know, they earned it and they were playing well. And, you know, I was just waiting for my opportunity. And whenever I got a chance to test the field, I just tried to hold up the weight and, Make sure I didn't let the team down. So I, you know, you got y'all. You, not so much that I was doing bad, but just guys were doing better at the time. Yeah, I mean, you you have a great attitude about it, no question about it. But was it difficult at times this year to know that you started eleven games in your first year and started three games uh, last year and then not not playing as much this year? Uh, it, it was a little different, yeah, because uh, you know, it's you go from being the guy to being a usable guy than to just being just a guy. So, you know, it, it definitely motivates you. So when you do get the opportunity, you treat it, you know, you treasure it a lot more because, you, as you can see, you never know when you're, this is going to be the last opportunity to play. So, you know, you just you take every step you can and treat every play like it's your last. Big victory over the Browns last week. Speak to the – first of all, speak to the victory. That's a big victory. You guys, you know, right there at 4-3 and three, uh, overall record. 
Oh, yeah. So, we, um, you know, we knew it was going to be it was Cleveland, so we knew the conditions weren't going to be ideal, like here in Vegas or even, you know, in a dome. So, you know, we just we had the mentality that we're going to do whatever it takes to win and, you know, lean on each other and found a way to get the win. Defense stepped up big time. You know, um, we were, you know, special when we needed to be and ended up out of there with a win. Yeah. For you, what are, speak specifically to your performance, how you were able – uh, to help and aid in that. I mean, this is a, a Raiders team last week that rushed, rushed for in excess of 200 yards, I believe 208 yards. Oh, well, shoot. I, um, you know, I just went into that work week preparing like I always do, and um, everybody else doing the same. So when it came time to perform, we just put it together and, you know, one foot in front of the other, just trying to drive people out the way, making lanes, and our running backs did what they do, and, you know, everybody who touched the ball, you know, contributed. So we just – so I guess it's kind of the result of good preparation. That's kind of what we try to do every week. Brandon Parker, tackle for the Oakland Raiders, joins us here in the program. For you, how do you prepare? I mean, again, you 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 know, a guy that could be at any time inactive, okay, and you go to actually being like a, a backup and then all of a sudden you're in the game and playing the majority of the snaps. How, how do you sort of prepare in that manner, which is much different than you've had to prepare in the last couple of years? Um, you know, I treat like I was uh, like I was saying before. I treat every game, whether I'm active or inactive, the same. You know, even since last year when I was inactive, I would always go on my field, do my pregame routine, just as if I'm about to take every snap. You know, just because you never know. And it came, you know, it came true for me uh, last week. You know, because I didn't know and ended up having to play. But because my preparation was the same, you know, it was no sweat. It was just get ready, change the mentality to get ready to go play and do it. Yeah, for you and then the team. What's the transition? been like from Oakland to uh, Las Vegas? I think we've all come to love it, you know. Um, there's, obviously, there's some things that are better in Oakland than here, and there's some things better in Vegas that are better, in, you know, than Oakland. So, you know, it's just every city has its pros and cons. I think overall we all have adjusted pretty well here, and the city has been kind of warm and receptive us too. So, I mean, receiving us. So, you know, we, you got to thank them for that. Yeah. Brandon Parker joins us here in the program what do you remember most about your days at North Carolina A&T? Man, just just the overall family experience, you know. Uh, A&T is family, man. That's really the way to put it, from football to the, the faculty to the students to, you know, just that overall feeling of happy pride you get whenever you step foot on campus, man. That's, to this day, I still miss that sometimes, man. And that's, it's just hard to describe, but you, when you're there, you know what it is and you feel it. Yeah, now it was your block – going back to 2016 that sprung Tariq Cohen uh, when he made that 63-yard touchdown run uh, to become the all-time leading rusher in MEAC history. He rushed ultimately for over 5,000 yards. Uh, what about that? Can you can you take us back to that and that, that block that you made that allowed for him to have uh, that run right over uh, where your guy would have been? Shoot, man, I uh, I want to say I think that was a double team block. So I mean, I just what I remember, me and Josh knew that we got the play call. We knew what was about to happen, and just started to come smoking off the ball like we always do in clear path, and let Tariq do the rest <laughs> as he's known for. You know, he only needs a an inch of space, and he's gonna make a yard of a an impact. So you know, it was great blocking for a guy like him. Yeah, have you guys seen each? I don't know. Have have the Raiders and 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 the Bears gotten together? We have. So we played them last year in London. Um, I got a chance. I didn't get a chance to see him before the game, after the game. I think uh, he might have been upset or something. Uh, I just, you know, by the time I got out there to the field, I was inactive. So by the time I got to the field, he was gone. So I'm, 
I ain't hold it against him. I'll get his jersey. Like, I'll, you know, I'll see him on campus or something, so we're fine. I like how you said, I guess he was upset or something. <laughs> I like how you tried to sneak that in real quick, man. <laughs> I mean, we won. I don't know what's going through his mind. So, you know, that's my brother. I ain't never going to hate him off any action. So I just, I'll see him when I see him. Yeah, no see doubt. <laughs> yeah, no question. A couple of more thoughts with Brandon Parker joins us here in the program. So the game against the Chargers, um, your thoughts. The Chargers, I mean, I know they, you know, they lost last week and have lost some games. But, I mean, you know, they've been, they, they've been in those games. Though. They've been playing some pretty decent football. Yeah, they um, you know, we're not taking them lightly by any means, and, and really any division game or any game in the league at that, um, you don't take lightly because, you know, like they always say, any given Sunday things can change, and they had the lead, and even I don't know how they lost some of the games they have, but you know, we we respect them, we see that, and we go in there with the right mindset and for a battle. That's what it is. It's a division battle. Yeah, no question about it. Your your adaption to the National Football League out of out of A and T. Can you just speak about? you know, sort of the progress that you've made in, in three years uh, with the Raiders? Uh, really just some of the, for short, a lot of bumps and bruises, man. Uh, you go from playing A&T, being a dominant guy, to where you rarely lose a snap to losing quite a bit of snaps and just learning how to adjust to that and learning really, you know, that these guys study you too. And that skill gap is tremendous. This is their job. So all they do is learn how to fight with hands and rest the passer. I mean, they get paid top dollars to do that. So you have to respect that and, and know that there's never going to be an easy opponent, and every week you got to bring your A game. Yeah. Again, Brandon pa- Parker is in his third season, all with the Raiders out of North Carolina A&T, former third-round draft choice back in 2018. Joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Brandon, great to catch up with you, man. Continued success to you and the Raiders. Thank you, brother. I appreciate the time. A very grounded young man and had the opportunity to talk with him from time to time, of course, doing uh, as the play-by-play voice for North Carolina A&T football. And uh, I tell you what, I mean, he was a dominant, like a dominant lineman, three-time All-MEAC, box-to-row All-American. I mean, the guy was really, really good and really making his way, making the adjustment to the National Football League. And uh, again, you're talking about a guy that started 11 games his rookie year to three last year playing in 11 to where he is this year. But to be able to come back against the Browns when his number was called shows you a lot and should expect to see uh, him playing more going forward. Your reaction to anything that Brandon Parker had to say, hit me up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. W, let's talk a little swack basketball next. Hey, did you hear about the Marjorie's Beef Jerky 1 million order fundraiser? The what? The Marjorie's Beef Jerky 1 million order fundraiser. No, what is it? It's a fundraiser for Marjorie's Beef Jerky. For every 1 million orders of Marjorie's Pick Any 6 Flavors Beef Jerky, they'll donate $2 million to employ civil rights attorneys and or provide burial costs to people for unjustified murders. Wow, that's pretty cool, and I do love Marjorie's Beef Jerky. I'm going to tell all my friends and you should too. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. 
We need your help to reach 1 million orders so that we can assist those in need. Purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online right now at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. Or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. It's Donald Ware, from the press box to press row. Let's talk some swag basketball here on From the Press Box to Press Row as the predicted order of finish was released a little bit earlier in the week. The swag chose to have, instead of like a Zoom type of press conference where media could ask questions, the SWAC uh, decided to have it more as a situation where you would have an interviewer that would interview the respective uh, head coaches. And uh, so with that, I didn't really get a feel for uh, for sort of, sort of, you know, the expectations. What each coach wants I had to go back and l- look, at, uh, look at that a little bit later on and see what the respective coaches had to say. I can tell you this much, that Texas Southern, who has a consistent program – I mean, you talk about big-name head coaches in college basketball that have come to the Texas Southern program. First, it was Mike Davis, who was here for a number – or was at Texas Southern, I should say, for a number of years and uh, led Texas Southern to some SWAC regular season titles and a couple of SWAC tournament championships has moved on now. But Johnny Jones, former head coach at LSU and then also at – uh, North um, at uh, North Texas as well is the head coach. And I tell you what, I mean, Texas Southern was solid. I mean, t- when you look at this Texas Southern program under Johnny Jones, they've slayed some big time program. Like they beat Oregon going back a couple of, uh, a couple of years ago. And it's been some other programs. They, they gave like Gonzaga, uh, uh, well, maybe not Gonzaga, but they gave another program, a run for its money in past years. So Texas Southern was ultimately picked to win the conference. And I mean, you can really understand why Texas Southern uh, was picked. I mean, a solid con- like Prairie View A&M won the regular season last year, had a really good team. I mean, when you talk about Prairie View A&M and Texas Southern getting together, I mean, th- I mean, listen, Prairie View A&M was very, very good uh, on last year, but I mean, it's going to, you know, Texas Southern, the Tigers going to be hard-pressed to try to, to try and replace a guard like uh, a Tyreek Armstrong, uh, a guy that played in the post like an Edwin Ewing. But they've got a couple of guys that can get it done. Justin Hopkins returns. Uh, Yahoo's uh, Rosas returns. Senior guard John Jones returns. Those guys uh, combined for 70 starts last year. So you can see from a talent perspective where uh, Texas Southern is. Don't discount, however, don't discount what Jackson State is going to be able to bring to the table uh, this year. I think Jackson State's got two of the best players in the league. Uh, you know, obviously a guy like a Tristan Jarrett averaged 16.8 points per game on last year and in the post a guy like a Javius McKinnis is going to give you some points but he's more of a defensive guy rebounds 
can block shots, et cetera. I mean, that's, you know, it's some talent. I mean, it's some talent in the SWAC. And I think ultimately uh, you're going you're gonna to see this come down. Texas Southern, of course, in the Western Division and Jackson State in the East. This is going to be the last year before both Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman come into the league. Uh, of course, from an alignment standpoint, Alcorn State will move over to the West, allowing for both Bethune-Cookman and Florida A&M to come in the East. Uh, you know, I, I tell you what, when you, you know, not to compare conferences, when you're talking about the MEAC and the SWAC, you're talking about the two HBCU Division One conferences. You have Hampton, who I expect Hampton to be very good uh, again this year. I mean, you you lose a guy like a Jermaine Morrow, who was the Box to Row National Player of the Year for the second straight year. Uh, but I mean, again, not to compare conferences, but the SWAC, you know, the SWAC is coming up basketball wise, at least at the top. I would say more so uh, at the top. I mean, I look at a program. I mean, you have the SWAC, MEAC, Hampton. And then you look at a program like a Tennessee State out of the OVC who should be good. Listen, uh, Tennessee State had a really good year last year. You're talking about a program in Brian uh, Penny Collins' first year. He takes over the program. I think they win something like six or eight games. Last year, the program had a winning record. So it was, it was you know, an easy situation for both he, meaning, meaning Brian Penny Collins, and then also Will Jones to be uh, box to row co-coaches of the year. And I expect Tennessee State to be very good this year as well. Again, we're going to see how, just like with the MIAC, how will things progress in the uh, with the non-conference schedule in terms of the money games? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, and those schedules are not finalized as of yet, but you'll have a mix of, some money games. I think I saw where Alabama State did have its schedule finalized, but you'll see a mix of some money games, and then you'll see a mix of maybe a couple of you know home games uh, for the respective schools. And uh, I, I just want to see how that sort of plays out going in to swag play again. So it, it's it, obviously it's different. So many protocols you have to have pretty much daily testing, um, but for whatever reason. Uh, and again, I mean, you can't really look at the NBA because it was in a bubble situation to say, okay, this is how things would go with respect to uh, to basketball. I'm interested to see sort of the social distancing piece. I mean, I, I think I mean I think that's going to look pretty good. Just like maybe with the NBA, you're not going to have as many people in the stand. So opposed to sitting on the bench side by side, I suppose we'll see a good amount or a fair amount of social distancing on the sideline in college basketball. I'm looking forward to seeing that as well, but it's about keeping these players as safe as possible. But it's, I mean, it's going to, you know, and interesting thing, you know, football we've seen, I mean, college football, uh, national football league, we've seen um, some issues as you would expect with players, uh, sometimes organizations, that have been affected heavily by COVID-19. But again, as I said before, not as much as maybe you would have thought, but it's amazing to me, even in a bubble type of situation that not a single NBA player or staff member, anybody in the bubble 
was affected. And, you know, you, you have, I mean, I guess there's a little bit more social distance, a natural, I should say, social distance as it relates to basketball opposed to football. But I don't even think it's a situation where it's on the court. It's going to be off the court in your general preparation um, and social distancing that will, I mean, it's just a safer sport. Seems like a safer sport, even though you're sweating, you're up and down the court, at least in football, it's like contact and you're, you're, you're non-contact for, you know, 20 to 30 seconds in between, you know, touchdowns in between field goals. It's a you know, you don't have any contact. Whereas in basketball, it's constant, constant contact. Nevertheless, it, it, I don't know. It just seems to, you know, it, it worked in the NBA and we'll see ultimately how it works in college basketball. But the SWAC looking once it gets or a lot of the teams get uh, their schedules finalized, things are going to kick off on November 25th. And again, the team to beat is Texas Southern. And I think, I mean, and I'm not going to discount Prairie View A&M. Prairie View A&M loses a whole lot from last year, but don't discount the Panthers either. And I think Jackson State's got some talent also there in Mississippi. Got to get ready to run here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Want to thank Will Jones, the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T, for joining us on the program, as well as Brandon Parker of the Oakland Raiders for joining us today on the program as well. If you've missed this show, want to replay part of this show, uh, any of our interviews over the years, any of these shows here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications.